The views and opinions of findings and or devices discussed in this podcast are those of the host, subject matter experts, and or guests. Facts represented constitute our understanding as of the time of the podcast, whereas updated factual information may be developed. They should not be construed as pronouncing an official Department of Defense's position, policy, decision, or endorsement. Hi, welcome to Clinical Updates in Brain Injury Science Today, or CUBIST, a podcast for healthcare providers about current research on traumatic brain injury, also known as TBI. This program is produced by the TBI Center of Excellence, or TBI-COE. I'm your host, Amanda Gano. Today, I'll be speaking with Dr. Donald Marion, a neurosurgeon and TBI subject matter expert at TBI-COE. Don and I will discuss a study entitled Comparison of Self-Reported Lifetime Concussions and Mild Traumatic Brain Injuries Among Adults by Jill Dougherty and colleagues and published in the Journal of Brain Injury in February of 2023. So hi, Don. Thanks for bringing this article to our attention. Can you talk a little bit about why this study was done? Sure. Hi, Amanda. So for decades, clinicians have debated about the definition of a concussion. Lack of agreement has led to the use of vague symptom-based criteria or inconsistent or conflicting terminology. Some use the terms MTBI or mild traumatic brain injury and concussion interchangeably, while others consider concussion a subset of mild traumatic brain injury. As you know, Amanda, TBIs were common during the Afghanistan and Iraq wars. Medical leadership was concerned that service members with a TBI would be reluctant to seek treatment. And for those with a mild TBI, they thought that the use of the word concussion instead of mild TBI would be better accepted and considered to be a less serious injury than an MTBI. In fact, there are reports that some healthcare providers prefer the term concussion over MTBI as it is considered less likely to elicit fear and is perceived to have better health outcomes than MTBI. The Department of Defense Instruction 6490.11, originally published in 2012 to provide DOD policy guidance for the management of mild traumatic brain injury specifically stated that in the DOD, MTBI is also known as concussion. So, the authors of this study were concerned that the general public did not necessarily consider MTBI the same as a concussion and might consider MTBI as a more serious injury. Their hypothesis was that When surveyed about a history of MTBI versus concussion, people would be more likely to say they had a concussion than an MTBI. Yeah, Don, that's a really interesting question. And I know from my personal experience, patients and sometimes even providers actually do see concussions as less severe than mild TBI. Or on the other side, they don't really understand how their TBI could be considered mild, even if they have severe symptoms. So I mean, a concussion could have some significant symptoms associated with it. So, you know, sometimes when I give talks about concussion, I drive this point home by first asking the audience, hey, has anybody in this room ever had a TBI? And I'll get a few people that raise their hands and then I'll say, what about a concussion? Anybody ever had a concussion? And then 99% of the time, there are more people that put their hands up. So then I can go on to explain the definition. And, you know, what if I told you that a concussion is a form of a TBI? It's a mild TBI. And then go into, you know, the definition as defined by the DOD. So anyway, I'm really glad that this group decided to take a look at this and interested to hear more about it. So how was the study done? 
Sure, Amanda. So self-report data were collected from a web-based survey of U.S. adults aged 18 years or older. And for this study, the survey was sent to a sample of 6,463 panelists. A total of 4,053, or 63% of those originally queried, completed the survey. Respondents were drawn from the Ipsos Knowledge Panel that gathers insights about U.S. consumers. Ipsos Knowledge Panel uses the delivery sequence filer of the United States Postal Service, covering almost 100% of the U.S. population. A random sample of households from across the United States are sent a mail invitation to join the panel. So you need to be invited, Amanda, to join the panel. People can't simply volunteer. It is the largest probability-based online panel in the U.S., with about 60,000 members and over 2,000 profile variables. The use of address-based sampling assures a statistically valid representation of the U.S. population, as well as many under-researched and often harder-to-reach populations. Respondents received cash-equivalent reward points for their participation in the survey. So data were weighted to be nationally representative using current population survey distributions based on sex, age, race, ethnicity, education, household income, household size, census region, and metropolitan status. Respondents were randomly assigned to receive one of two questions. Number one, a concussion can happen any time a blow to the head causes you to have one or more symptoms, whether just for a short time or lasting a while. Symptoms include blurred or double vision, being bothered by light or noise, headaches, dizziness or balance problems, nausea, vomiting, trouble sleeping, feeling tired, being dazed or confused, trouble remembering, trouble concentrating, or being knocked out. In your lifetime, do you believe that you have ever had a concussion? So that was one question. Then the second question, the other half of this random sample were assigned, replaced the word concussion with a mild traumatic brain injury. And basically it was the same question, except that term was switched, mild traumatic brain injury instead of concussion. So interesting. What did they find, Don? So, Amanda, a significantly higher percentage of people who received the concussion question, or 25.5%, self-reported this injury than people who received the MTBI question, or 17.2%. About half of individuals reported experiencing one concussion or mild traumatic brain injury in their lifetime. Smaller percentages reported sustaining two or three or more injuries. There was no statistical difference between the reported number of concussions versus mild traumatic brain injuries reported. Approximately 37% of individuals reported sustaining their most serious injury while playing a sport or recreational activity. Neither the location of the injury nor the mechanism of injury varied by which question was asked. A little over half of the people reported being evaluated by a doctor or a nurse after their most serious concussion or mild traumatic brain injury, and about two-thirds received care at a hospital or emergency department. There was no statistical difference in location of concussion evaluation versus mild traumatic brain injury evaluation. Overall, Amanda, about 8 in 10 or 82% received a diagnosis of their most serious injury and a significantly higher percentage, or 91% of those, received the concussion question reported being diagnosed with concussion. 
only 70% of those who received the MTBI question reported being diagnosed with mild traumatic brain injury. There were some differences in symptom reporting based on whether the question pertained to a concussion or mild traumatic brain injury. So, for example, a higher percentage of individuals who received the concussion question, approximately 25%, were bothered by light or noise after their most serious injury compared to those who received the mild traumatic brain injury question. Conversely, a higher percentage of those who received the mild traumatic brain injury question, or about 9%, reported sadness after their injury compared to only about 4% of those who received the concussion question. So I wonder if the concussion versus MTBI differences might be related to levels of education, race, or other demographic factors. Did they look at that? That's a good question, Amanda. Most respondents were 18 to 59, but 30% were older. There were roughly equal numbers of men and women, and 61% had some level of college education. 64% identified as non-Hispanic white. Nearly 40% lived in the South and only 18% lived in the Northeast, and a little more than half had incomes of less than $75,000 a year. Importantly, there were no significant differences between the mild traumatic brain injury and concussion groups for any of these demographic variables. The term that healthcare providers used in their clinical interactions with injured patients seems to have had the most impact. More individuals who were given the term concussion by their healthcare provider and on the survey reported that their healthcare provider diagnosed them with that particular injury than the individuals who were given the term mild traumatic brain injury on the survey. So it is possible that a substantial proportion of persons given the term mild traumatic brain injury were told that they had sustained a concussion by their healthcare provider. Interesting. So what were the limitations of this study? Amanda, I think the primary limitation is that they used a web-based panel survey, so the results do not reflect the population that does not have access to the internet. Also, while they did indicate that 60% had at least some college education, they really didn't tell us what proportion of each group were college educated. So it's possible that more highly educated people would know that concussion and mild traumatic brain injury are the same. And then the other limitation is that affirmative responses for concussion or mild traumatic brain injury were not validated by an independent medical diagnosis. So how do you think that the use of the terms concussion versus MTBI or even both in patient education could impact patient outcomes? You know, Amanda, that's a good question. It is certainly possible that using the term mild traumatic brain injury could make the patient take medical recommendations more seriously and be more likely to follow up with their provider. But there also is the possibility that the mild traumatic brain injury label might be associated with symptom exaggeration or lingering or other negative attributes. I think it is important that the provider clearly explain the two terms are synonymous, and I would recommend the use of concussion and emphasize the expectation for a full recovery. Yeah, I agree with that, Don. I also think even validating patients that have more significant symptoms and helping them to understand that a concussion is a mild form of a traumatic brain injury is important. So what would you say are the key takeaways? Very simply, Amanda, terms matter, as we've discussed. And a significant proportion of the public seems to think that concussions are more common and less severe than mild traumatic brain injuries. 
All right. Well, thanks, Don. That's all the time we have for today. You can stay up to date on future episodes by subscribing to Cubist on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts, where you can also find links to the articles we discuss and other relevant resources. Cubist is produced and edited by Vinnie White and was hosted today by me, Amanda Gano. It is a product of the Traumatic Brain Injury Center of Excellence, a branch of the Research Portfolio Management Division under the Research and Engineering Directorate of the Defense Health Agency, led by Branch Chief Captain Scott Coda, Medical Corps, United States Navy. Thank you for listening to this episode. <laughs>